0: book one chapter one of precious bane by mary webb this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by noel badrian san mere it was at a love-spinning that i saw kester first and if in these newfangled days when strange inventions crowd upon us WHEN I HEAR TELL THERE IS EVEN A MACHINE COMING INTO USE IN SOME PARTS OF THE COUNTRY FOR REAPING AND MOWING, IF THOSE, THAT MAY HAPPEN WILL READ THIS, DON'T KNOW WHAT A LOVE-SPINNING WAS, THEY SHALL HEAR IN GOOD TIME. BUT THOUGH IT WAS JANCIS his LOVE-SPINNING, SHE BEING THREE AND TWENTY AT THAT TIME, AND I BEING TWO YEARS LESS, YET THAT IS NOT THE BEGINNING OF THE STORY THAT I HAVE SET OUT TO tell kester says that all tales true tales or romancings go further back than the days of the child ay, farther even than the little babe in its cot of rushes maybe you never slept in a cot of rushes but all of us did at Sann. there is such a plenty of rushes at San, and old beguildy's missus was a great one for plaiting them on rounded barrel hoops then they'd be set on rockers and a nice clean cradle they made soft and green so that the babe could feel as big sorted as a little caterpillar painted butterflies as is to be kester calls them sleeping in its cocoon kester's very set about such things never will he say caterpillars he'll say there's a lot of butterflies as is to be on our cabbages prue he won't say, 'tis winter He'll say, Summer's sleeping, And there's no bud little enough, Nor sad-coloured enough, For Kester not to call on it The beginnings of the blow. But the time is not yet come For speaking of Kester. It is the story of us all at Zahn, Of Mother and Gideon and me, And Jancis, that was so beautiful And wizard-beguiledy. AND THE TWO OR THREE OTHER FOLK THAT LIVED IN THOSE PARTS, THAT I DID SET OUT TO TELL. they WERE BUT A FEW, AND MAYBE ALWAYS WILL BE, FOR THERE'S A DISCOURAGEMENT ABOUT THE PLACE. IT MAY BE THE WATER LAPPING, YEAR IN AND YEAR OUT, EVERYWHERE YOU LOOK AND LISTEN, WATER, OR THE BIG TREES WAITING AND CONSIDERING ON YOUR RIGHT HAND AND ON YOUR LEFT, OR THE UNBREATHING QUIET OF THE PLACE as if it was created but an hour gone and not created for us or it may be that the soil is very poor and marshy with little nature or goodness in the grass which is ever so where reeds and rushes grow in plenty and the flower of the pagal happen you call it cowslip but we always named it the pagal or keys of heaven IT WAS A WONDERFUL THING TO SEE OUR MEADOWS AT SARN WHEN THE COWSLIP WAS IN BLOW. GOLD OVER THEY WERE, SO THAT YOU WOULD THINK NOT EVEN AN ANGEL'S FEET WERE GOOD ENOUGH TO WALK THERE. YOU COULD MAKE A tossy BALL BEFORE A THRUSH HAD GONE OVER HIS SONG TWICE, FOR YOU'D ONLY GOT TO SIT DOWN AND GATHER WITH BOTH HANDS. EVERY WAY YOU LOOKED THERE WAS naught BUT GOLD saving towards Sarn where the woods began and the great stretch of grey water gleaming and wincing in the sun neither woods nor water looked darksome in that fine spring weather with the leaves coming new and buds the colour of corn in the birch tops only in our oak woods was there always a look of the back end of the year their young leaves being so brown so there was always a breath of october in our may but it was a pleasant thing to sit in the meadows and look away to the far hills the larches spired up in their quick green and the cowslip gold seemed to get into your heart and even San Mir was nothing but a blue mist in a yellow mist of birch tops and there was such a dream on the place that if a wild bee came by let alone a bumble it startled you like a shout if a bee comes in at the window now to my jar of gilliflowers, i can see it all in clear colours with plash lying under the sunset beyond the woods looking like a jagged piece of bottle glass plash mere was bigger than sarn and there wasn't a tree by it so where there were no hills beyond it you could see the clouds rooted in it on the far side and i used to think they looked like the white water-lilies that lay round the margins of San half the summer through there was nothing about plash that was different from any other lake or pool there was no troubling of the waters as at San, nor any village sounding its bells beneath the furthest deeps it was true what folks said of San that there was summer to be felt there it was at plash that the beguiledies lived and it was at their dwelling that was part stone house and part cave that i got my book learning it may seem a strange thing to you that a woman of my humble station should be able to write and spell and put all these things into a book and indeed when i was a young wench there were not many great ladies even that could do so much more scribing than to write a love letter and some could but just write such things as this be quince and apple on their jellies and others had ado to put their names in the marriage register many have come to me time and again to write their love-letters for them and a bitter old task it is to write other women's love-letters out of your own burning heart If it hadn't a been for Mr. Beguildy, I never could have written down all these things. He learned me to read and write and reckon up figures. And though he was a preached against man, and said he could do a deal that I don't believe he ever could do, and though he dabbled in things that are not good for us to interfere with, yet shall I never forget to thank God for him, it seems to me now a very uncommon working of his power to put it into beguiled heart to learn me for a wizard could not rightly be called a servant of his but one of lucifer's men not that beguiled was wicked but only empty of good as if all the righteousness was burned out by the flame of his fiery mind which must know and intermeddle with mysteries as for love He did not know the word. He could read the stars, and tell the future, and he claimed to have laid spirits. Once I asked him where the future was, that he could see it so plain, and he said it lies with the past child at the back of time. You couldn't ever get the better of Mr. Beguildy. But when I told Kester what he said, Kester would not have it so. HE SAID THE PAST AND THE FUTURE WERE TWO SHUTTLES IN THE HANDS OF THE LORD, WEAVING ETERNITY. KESTER WAS A WEAVER HIMSELF, WHICH MAY HAVE MADE HIM THINK OF IT THUS. BUT I THINK WE CANNOT KNOW WHAT THE PAST AND THE FUTURE ARE. WE ARE SO SMALL AND HELPLESS ON THE EARTH that it is LIKE A GREEN RUSH CRADLE WHERE MANKIND LIES, LOOKING UP AT THE STARS, BUT NOT KNOWING WHAT THEY BE. AS SOON AS I COULD WRITE, i made a little book with a calico cover and every sunday i wrote in it any merry time or good fortune we had had in the week and so kept them and if times had been troublous and bitter for me i wrote that down too and was eased so when our parson knowing of the lies that were told of me bade me write all i could remember in a book and set down the whole truth and nothing else i was able to freshen my memory with the things i had put down sunday by sunday well it is all gone over now the trouble and the struggling it be quiet weather now like a still evening with the snow all down and a green sky and lambs calling i sit here by the fire with my bible to hand a very old woman and a tired woman with a task to do before she says good night to this world when i look out of my window and see the plain and the big sky with clouds standing up on the mountains i call to mind the thick blotting woods of Sarn, and the crying of the mere when the ice was on it and the way the water would come into the cupboard under the stairs when it rose at the time of the snow melting there was but little sky to see there saving that which was reflected in the mere but the sky that is in the mere is not the proper heavens you see it in a glass darkly and the long shadows of rushes go thin and sharp across the sliding stars and even the sun and moon might be put out down there for times the moon would get lost in lily leaves and times a heron might stand before the sun End of Book One, Chapter One